Good consumers are told to compare prices, maybe negotiate, and at the very least, know the price that you agreed to pay before you buy something. Except one industry says, mm, I just can't provide that information. And they are now taking legal action to actually protect the secrecy. Spoiler alert, we are talking about healthcare pricing transparency on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show, I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by M1 Finance. Smart money management. Take control and personalize your finances. Invest, borrow, and spend seamlessly all in one platform. To be invested, head to m the number one finance.com forward slash MWF. That's M1Finance.com forward slash MWF. And Bobby, today we're talking about something that, uh, I don't know, one or two people talk about from time to time, healthcare. We never hear about yeah. this. This makes me so mad. I just did a whole special on it on Financial Grown Up. People can look up about how to shop for healthcare because the price differences, if you actually ask and can get the price, and it's a big if you can get the price, can be radically different, just you know, blocks apart in the same city. You can pay huge differences. And I'm right there with you. We had uh, Scott Heiser, who was an industry insider, wrote a great book about taking control of your health care and what you can do versus just yelling at the government about, about what they should do. And it was fascinating how many things we can do. So I love this piece. So let's see which friend is going to launch today's show for us. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. So this piece comes from the Wall Street Journal, and it's an opinion piece headed, headlined, Transparent Prices Will Improve Healthcare, which we both agree with. But I want to give you guys some context before we get into the opinion piece. So um, these are going to be responses to this news, and it is that hospital groups sued to block a Trump administration rule, forcing them to disclose secret rates for the first time laying out the industry's legal strategy for defeating this, the president's um, central health policy initiative. The lawsuit filed um, says that the rule compelling the hospitals to publish their negotiated rates with insurers violates their First Amendment rights and goes beyond the statutory intent of the Affordable Care Act. Quote, um, the burden, and this is a quote um, from um, the lawsuit, the burden of compliance with this rule is enormous and way out of line with any projected benefits associated with the rule. Um, and this is according to the suit, which was filed by the American Hospital Association and other industry groups. Hospital groups say the true cost is far higher. The rule requires hospitals to publicize the rates they negotiate with individual insurers for all services, including drugs, supplies, facility fees, and care by doctors who work for the facility. It is scheduled to take effect in January of 2021. So it's a little bit out with hospitals facing fines of up to $300 a day if they don't disclose the negotiated rates. So the fight is basically, they're saying that it's against the First Amendment to have to have them say what the price is. And please, what I don't want to do- That's the context. Yeah, and definitely what I don't want to do, and I'm going to head off some notes to us. We do not want to talk during this episode at all about the politics of healthcare. 
We, no. we, we do. We're going to talk about what you can do about healthcare. So please, yes. please, please, please leave your comments, whether you're hanging out with us on Facebook or whether you're writing in later, we have zero interest in the politics of healthcare. This is about consumers. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to jump into this piece then, which uh, Bobby picked to follow up on what she just mentioned. For the beleaguered healthcare consumers, any step for increased price transparency is a step in the right direction. This is, by the way, Lynn Sheary writing into the Wall Street Journal. With annual family out-of-pocket costs for high-deductible health plans allowable up to 16400 in 2020, shouldn't parents be able to decide before a, a child's tonsillectomy or other plan procedure whether they ought to pay 20% coinsurance of 8000 or 16000 For healthcare consumers, it's only with competition and price transparency there's any hope the costs will stabilize. The hue and cry from the hospital groups is reminiscent of the National Restaurant Association's fight against calorie disclosure on menus. Information gives people full knowledge about a choice they're about to make. And then this uh, was another one from David Salmon, PhD. The new federal price transparency rule will be a resource intensive for hospitals, but pioneering healthcare facilities have already decided that it's worth the investment sharing price information, even absent government regulations. For example, Memorial Healthcare Systems in Florida reports prices for more than 300 services, even incorporating professional fees and other ancillary costs to provide an all-in view of patient liabilities for a bundle of care. These estimates take into account the specific negotiator rates with insurers as well as the patient's insurance benefits. Uh, uh, the piece goes on then talking about other hospital systems doing the same. It says a majority of Americans are looking for health care price information, but nearly two-thirds say there's not a thus enough of this information available with a growing number of Americans enrolled in high deductible and consumer directed health plans. Patients are paying for a greater share of their healthcare bills out of their own pockets. Um, big stuff, big stuff there. Yeah. This is the only, one of the only things I can think of at least that um, people are paying for that they don't have the information. And I just think that people should be able to know what they're, what they're paying. Well, I, I don't understand why that's controversial at all. No. Just tell us the price. Yes, and I don't either. But let me tell you what what I think is really going on here based on my talk with, as I mentioned before, this gentleman, Scott Heiser, and others in the healthcare industry. I've got people in the healthcare industry in, in, in my family. And the issue here is partly, Bobby, well, well, programs like ours talk about, hey, ask the price. Nobody asks for the price. People go see their doctor or they don't go see their doctor. I'll give you an example. One thing that that that, that I've had experts bring up to me is if we were worried about the price of our health care and, and shopping for our health care, we wouldn't see all these urgent care clinics popping up all over the place. Urgent care clinics cost more for the person using them because it's, quote, urgent care. And by the way, very few people use it for urgent care. They just mm-hmm. don't make an appointment to see their doctor. And then number two is when they do go to the when they when they when they go to the urgent care, they have no idea what the price is. So urgent care knows nothing about you. They have to run a bunch of tests that your main doctor already knows. So they have to test widely. You're also using a doctor who's not a bad doctor. I'm not ripping urgent care doctors. Urgent care doctors, though, see a huge range of things. Your main doctor knows you, knows exactly what's going on with you, but they might not be the cheapest cost in town. 
So you should ask what you're paying for the service. The reason why hospitals, and I'm not saying that they're not obtuse and they're not backwards and all this stuff. I totally agree with a lot of that. But because nobody ever asks, there's no pressure on them to change. They are set up to deal with insurers and with the government, right? As an insurer for people on Medicare and Medicaid. They're set up for that. Those those institutions already know the cost. And because they already know the cost, the hospital or doctor's office just goes about doing their work. If more of us would shop for this the way we shop at a grocery store, you'll see not only prices fall more quickly, you'll also see the huge range in services and prices people have. We should all be asking these questions. Absolutely. And we should also start thinking of this as a business. My One of my relatives had a procedure, which was a medically needed procedure, but it was something that we could schedule and we could, in theory, shop around for. And the doctor, when we were kind of hemming and hawing about the cost, um, because it was huge, so even our part was huge, um, he pointed out that he has two different offices and his prices for the different offices are different because his overhead is different. He was very, he was great. He was very candid. Yeah. He said, if you see me in this office, which is on a fancy street in Manhattan, I have to charge you this amount. And if you go to the, it's, it's me, it's still me. It's a great team, but my overhead is different and I price it differently. And he's serving two different consumers and he's running a business. And I really admire the fact that he can be candid about that. Yeah, it's funny. We talk most about- are not. Well, we talk about medical tourism. You hear these things, people going to different countries. A lot of healthcare mm-hmm. experts will tell you, to your point, Bobby, you can, you don't even have to be a medical tourist going to different countries. You can go to the other side of town and 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 pay a remarkable amount. I mean, I love that story. It's um and and how many people do it? Frankly, I've never done that. You know, he volunteered because he saw that this was a lot of money. I mean, it was a lot of money, even our copay, and he saw that I guess in in our faces, and he volunteered that, that you can choose which location to go to and his economics are different and he passes that on to the patients, which it's, you know, he's candid about it. I really admire that. And, you know, in my my story I did for for Financial Grown-Up Podcast with Jeannie Pinder of Clear Health Costs, she points out that very often your copay, when you go to pick up a prescription, let's say it's $30, there may be a medicine that's off patent, I guess that's the right terminology. She's had some where it's $30 is your copay because your copay is always $30. Sure. But if you just bought it for cash without any insurance, it can be $4. Yeah. Much less. And no one thinks to ask. They just pay the copay for the insurance. And in theory, no one's doing anything. Uh, You know, there's not shenanigans going on. It's just who would think that? Who would think to ask? We do this live in front of a Facebook audience, and uh, we have opinions here. Jim from Wallet Hacks, uh, who is with us in season one. Jim hanging out with us today. Jim says, this is a case where the hospitals don't know, given the complexity of different insurance plans, deductibles, coverage, and are worried they'll misquote and be liable for that. I think to some degree, Jim, if if a hospital, if you've got a complex situation, the hospital might not know. However, it seems like it'd be easy for them if more people asked ahead of time to have a menu of services. I'll give you an example. The mechanic has a price just for looking at my car, right? The doctor has a price just for looking under the hood at what's going on with Joe. It seems like there would be a step-by-step process and a menu where they go, okay, now we're going to do this. The price is that. Do you want that or do you not want that? It, 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 it could, it could later on be, be, uh, be that simple. And Amika is also hanging out with us and Bobby, I, I, I like this point. And to some degree, I'm going to refute Amika's point here. Love Amika, but, but I'm going to talk about what I think is going on here. 
Mika says, I'm sorry to sound this way, having spent some time practicing in the healthcare field. Only God could help us. Capitalism in the healthcare field is far worse than any other sector in the economy. How can you pay 2 to $4 for a pill of ibuprofen in the hospital where I can go to Kroger and buy a whole bottle of ibuprofen for that price? Did the ibuprofen come with love? No, but the point is, the, 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 actually the point, Amika, is nobody asks the price. And because nobody asked the price except an insurer who is still five steps removed, if everybody who came in asked what the price of the ibuprofen was, it would change. I'll give you an example, an example that, that our guest on our show on Stacky Benjamin's use, Scott Heiser, he, he made this great analogy that Gillette had that wonderful razor, the Mach 3. And the Mach 3 itself wasn't expensive, but they jacked up the price of razor blades because Schick wasn't really, really doing anything different. And they were able to charge a high amount. And then Dollar Shave Club and Harry's came along. Not the same razor, but a razor that was good enough. And all of a sudden, people saw that they didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for razor blades. And because we shop for razor blades looking at our pocketbook, because a shave's a shave, Guess what happened to the cost of razor blades? Not any razor blades. The cost of Mach 3 razor blades started going down and have, has come down a lot since when they were first introduced. And the reason was competition came around. And I think the only competition, Bobby, we're going to get is us asking the price. Yeah. Before we get to our Instagram poll, which I want to see what whether Joe gets it right, what ha- what they said. But I also want to point out two things that I realized about getting pills, for example, in the hospital versus getting them just at your drugstore yourself. Number one, um, you're not the ultimate payer. In almost every case, the person receiving it is not receiving the bill. And so because the consumer is not the bill payer, they can kind of charge whatever they want and just push it through the system. Yeah. Number two, to be fair, when you buy a you know 30 pills in a bottle over the counter in a drugstore that's just buying a product you're not in to my knowledge in most cases paying a fee to the uh, medical professional to bring it into you and there is a certain amount of overhead i mean the hospital is paying rent and paying all these people's salaries and all those things so there is overhead as jim jim is in our facebook audience he's pointing that out there is legit overhead just like you know if you make a cup of tea at home it's much less expensive than if you go to a super fancy hotel and order room service. I'm not comparing hospitalization to room service at the Ritz-Carlton, but there is someone who is physically taking out the dishes, making the tea, bringing it up to you. There is there is some cost that is associated with getting that single pill to you that they're selling one at a time to you with all that overhead. So yeah. I think Jim makes a good point about the fact that there is overhead in a hospital. Yeah, it's not it's not a apples apples comparison. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Instagram? What our friend said? Oh boy. I've been, <laughs> right. I've been really wrong on these lately, so I don't know that I'm that excited. <laughs> I believe in you, Joe. I think this is going to be the one. You're going to hit a home run here. Okay. End of the year. Have you ever tried to compare? This is what we asked our Instagram friends. Have you ever tried to comparison shop or just get the price info for prescriptions or medical procedures and not been told the price until after you committed to pay? So they're trying and they didn't succeed in getting the price. What percentage? Yeah. Who said yes? How, what percentage said yes? I have tried and failed to find out the price before I before I went. Once again, I think more healthcare. of our audience would have tried than the national average, which I think is close to zero. Right. But the uh, question was, did you fail? The assumption is you tried. The assumption. I believe in our audience. So the assumption is that you tried, but you failed. Um, I'll say, I mean, if the assumption is that they did try, then it's got to be 80% tried and failed. Um, no, only 44% tried and failed. Hmm. 
So no. Now I maybe some people just thought that they didn't maybe they read it as that they didn't even try. Yeah. So but the question was basically have you tried and failed? Yeah, because um, I think the problem there is most people haven't tried. Yeah, that may be true. Maybe I need to rephrase that better. But anyway, it was it was almost a 50-50 split. So yeah. Uh, in just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaways from today's piece, uh, which there are probably 70,000 of those. But first, I want to talk a little bit about M1 Finance, because M1 Finance is very smart money management. Instead of managing your investments individually, you manage them as if they work together, which, shocker, they really do. You can create your own portfolio at M1 Finance and divide it into little pie sections, percentages of your portfolio meant to drive different results for different people. So if I have an investment mix that works for me, I put in that entire mix. Instead of buying five different things, I put my money in, I press a button, I buy all five things at once. By the way, no fee for that buy. And then when I want to reallocate, I press a button and it automatically reallocates things without charging me a different fee or five different fees to move five different things around. Really makes it efficient if you're an investor and not a trader, which is what most of us should be, is an investor, not a trader. Long-term buy and hold. Head to m the number one finance.com forward slash mwf for more that's m one finance.com forward slash mwf bobby i got a big old takeaway i don't know if you could tell my voice i get a little oh you're ready to go i get a little excited (laughs) about this one well my takeaway is that just like you shop for everything you need to it's on you for now we hope that everyone will comply in the medical field the truth is when you do ask people directly and I think if you have a personal doctor that you're working with and you ask their office what something's going to cost they will often do their best to give you at the very least an estimate you can ask them to even submit it to insurance for an inquiry ahead of time so at least you know what you're in for especially if it's something that you think can be big but most of all find out the price and make sure that you then follow up and file the proper paperwork. A lot of people fall short. We didn't talk about this so much in the episode, but people fall short in terms of following up and maybe filing that insurance claim, making sure that you get the money back because very often you might make a tiny little mistake or maybe not sign it or not put the date on properly in the right format. And instead of telling you that they're not going to pay it, they just ignore it. So you need to keep track of your medical expenses, follow up, make sure all of your forms are filed correctly. And final note, as we get towards the end of the year, use your flex spending. Random, but just saying while we're on topic. Yours are yours get are your money. Yours are far better than mine and much more. That is actionable. not true. I, I feel like something really big is coming, Joe. Well, this it's, is going to be epic. No, it's it, it's going to be very short and it, it is very uh, philosophical, which is that uh, as longtime listeners know, I love the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And there are things that you can control, there are things that you can influence. And there are things where you have no control or influence. And certainly, we can influence the government and healthcare. But I think we do ourselves a lot of service if we stop complaining about government and healthcare and things that we can influence and spend a lot more time just asking our physician, what does this cost? Because it not only helps you in that instance, if more people ask these institutions what things cost, they will react to that pressure because we should know what it costs. And the fact that we don't isn't just on the institution, it's on us because we never ask. Spend much more time in what we can control and less time complaining. And I think we'll not only be happier, but prices will finally go down. I totally agree. Thank you, Joe. So uh, get a little heated about that one. 
Yes. Especially Let's since see it if, nicely. Polite persistence. <laughs> especially since if you want to if if you want to see fake news, um, just uh, go to my personal Facebook page and read my my relatives and what they complain about. <laughs> That that is hashtag fake news. I spend oh the majority goodness. of my time telling family members, no, that's not true. No. Oh my no. goodness. Yes, it's not oh, good. No. All right. Uh <laughs> that's gonna do it for today. Bobby, where can uh people find us? People can find us on our website, first of all, Money with Friend Pod Money with Friends Podcast, which has links to these stories and all the stories that we do, just go to the calendar to schedule and see what date the episode originally came out. And you can find links to the stories there. And be sure to follow us on social media so you can participate in our polls, quizzes, and questions at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. On behalf of Bobby Rebel, I'm Joe Salciha. I will see you back here next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.